Hey guys, it's Jason Webb. This is the show that highlights local business leaders and the movers and shakers of Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota Made. What's up, Minnesota? It's Jason Webb. I'm in Delano, Minnesota, sitting with my friend Sam Rosen. And uh, we're at the company Solar Plastics. And you have another company on the backside. Fluid All. Fluid All, okay. And we just got done with the tour. And my initial impression of that tour was it's very unique. It's a plastics manufacturing company. But you have equipment back there that uh, I've never seen before. And it's not uh, the typical employee standing behind the machine and pushing a button. They're getting after it. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, guys work really hard. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it. And 75-year uh, anniversary, congratulations to that. And we were talking a little bit about your role within the company, how you started off in sales over here like seven, seven years ago? Yep. Yeah. And now Sam is the big cheese. He's the president. <laughs> Congratulations, Sam. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so let's start off, I guess, talking a little bit about you. Oh, and by the way, if you're watching this on video, you had some of the products behind us that they produce here. And I've seen a lot of Yeti coolers going through the production line over there. And uh, it's pretty cool to see. Now you don't have the giant one that you can pit, put three dead bodies in, but <laughs> not on display. But we, we do make the big commercial coolers also. How, it, how big is that one? The biggest is uh, it's called a 350, which I think means 350 quarts. Yeah. I think is what it stands for. But yeah, if you, it's huge. Yes, it is. Legit. I could lay down in there and still have room. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so, okay, uh, Sam. You are the president of the company. Let's talk about where you came from, where you grew up, yeah. uh, kind of uh, your, your career path that you took to become president of Solar Plastics. Yeah. Well, when I was a kid, if you said was I going to be making really uniquely shaped big plastic things, I would never have uh, predicted that. <laughs> Right. Uh, I'm not very mechanically inclined. The joke around here is I'm always the least technical guy in every meeting we have, uh, which is okay. We have some fabulous engineers and quality and operations yeah. experts. So that's your weakness is the technical side. And so is the strengths maybe the people side? I mean, when I walked in here, yeah. I, I was waiting a, a little wait, little bit of a wait for you. Sure. I mean, it was a couple minutes and there's a guy out there talking about how yeah. he likes working here. Well, that's right? great. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, my focus personally is, you know, creating an atmosphere where people can be successful yeah. and really making sure that everybody likes to win. I like to win. I want to create an environment where everyone can feel like they're going to win. Yeah. Uh, they know what winning looks like. They feel like they have the tools. They feel like they can speak up if there's an obstacle. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really important, um, you know, from a cultural standpoint, kind of how I try to, to help lead the organization. Um, you know, we, we've got our list of core values and, and the one that I think everybody's got core values. I think one of ours though is a little bit unique. Uh, we talk about authenticity uh, and being authentic as a core value. And it's really something um, that, that I foster, I think our, our leadership team fosters. Um, there's no politics, there's no bureaucracy. Everybody can speak up. 
know, we're on the floor, you see, talking to the guys, they'll come up to me and say, hey, this is an issue, what can we do about this? Yeah. Um, you know, when we're in meetings, everyone feels like they can argue, right? I don't, I don't have all the answers. I make that very clear. Right. It's not just a, a, a line. I really don't have all the answers. Yeah, it's not uh, a dictatorship. You want no, the feedback. And, and that's what I mean by I, I, I'm not the technical guy. So yeah. people, I, I need them to come with solutions. I need them to come with ideas for us to be successful. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think you said, how did I get here? Yeah, well, 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 where did where, you grow up? I grew up right in the Twin Cities in, in New Hope, Minnesota, and yeah, I'm a Minnesota uh, kid, born and raised. I, I've traveled all sorts of crazy places around the world for work, and I joke that if there's an airport in North America, I've probably been there. Wow. Um, but I've lived right in a very small little circle in, in the western suburbs my whole life. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I grew up there. I did my undergrad at the University of Minnesota Carlson School of Management nice. uh, in, uh, in marketing and, and uh, really wanted to be in kind of a sales and, and marketing type career, which I thought I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but my first job out of college was a uh, different direction. I worked for Target Corp as an analyst. Target? Yeah. Okay. Uh, which really... Um, analyst? Yeah. That doesn't sound like sales. No, it wasn't. It was, um, I would say, it was the job that would pay me the most to not move out of the Twin Cities. It was okay. not well planned. Okay. Uh, but it was a great training <laughs> ground. It was a great company. I learned a ton. Yeah. Uh, really honed a lot of those analytical skills. Okay. Learned about the, the supply chain side, being in their, their merchandising and, and buying office. And uh, was there for about four years. And... Um, uh, really wasn't sure that really big corporate was the, the right fit, wanted to do something smaller, and, and a coworker had an idea to uh, to start a company. He was in product development, and uh, I said, yeah, let's do it. I'm young, and let's try something. And so we quit and, and started a little company, um, basically worked with international manufacturers that he had relationships with, huh. helping them sell products back into our U.S. retailers. Uh, so, so it was a wild ride for a couple years. We worked with some of the largest, uh, the large, I think it was the largest stainless steel cookware manufacturer in uh, the world in southern China. It was one of our clients. We helped them sell private label cookware into large retailers uh, all over right. the U.S. So, so this was an idea, a business idea of you and your friend. It was his idea, yeah. His idea. And he, I, I, I had a chance to join and, and yeah. we did it for a few years. And uh, it was a really good run and got some great, that was kind of how I transitioned from, how do you go from... Data Carl and, and retail into yeah. manufacturing. So I yeah. uh, did that for a few years and, and then uh, we parted ways and uh, had an opportunity with LDI, Livery Diversified, uh, another great Minnesota manufacturer. Um, and, uh, and they were really looking for, for someone to help with the growth and expansion. And really, they were at the time looking for a lot of international uh, type of expansion ideas. So I was there for a number of years and a lot of different roles. That's where a lot of my uh, travel. continued travel came. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, it was a great uh, a great company. Had a chance to get into uh, business in, in Europe and product development and, and how do you um, acquire companies in different parts of the world and, and blend them together. Uh, yeah, tremendous yeah. opportunity and a, and a great company. You should have someone from them on your podcast. Yeah, I should. Great, great Minnesota manufacturer. And what was your role in that company again? I had some different roles. I, I worked uh, kind of in corporate and more of a strategic role, working with the divisions. Okay. Uh, I spent time, um, they'd acquired um, a healthcare company that was based in Europe. I spent time helping to run that business. Uh, spent time doing some marketing in their paper and packaging group. So I kind of had a, a number of different roles in, in my years there. Yeah. And uh, so you've been all over the world. 
flying and working. Yeah, so yes. Like, yeah. A lot did you spend time. a lot of time in China with the previous thing? I spent a lot of time in China. spent a lot of time in, in uh, Copenhagen. That was where the, one of the plants that I worked a lot with was in a uh, great, okay. great area. So, yeah, so I got to see a lot of the world, which was cool, but that was a, a young guy's game. <laughs> As I got older and had kids, I needed yeah. to find something that was a little bit, uh, yeah. the travel schedule was a little, uh, a little less. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that, that's just through networking and, and through recruiter, found an opportunity at Solar plastics okay uh, at, at the time um, the, it was still family owned uh, and I think we did about 17 18 million dollars in, in revenue they were looking to, to grow the business and and uh, and look for new customers new market opportunities and, and so that's um, when I joined and uh, yeah we, we really had some great opportunities since then and um, I've had a great team uh, and, and have grown the business significantly uh, uh, from that point so this year well depending how it all shakes out somewhere in the 55 56 million dollars wow um, seven uh, years be, yeah it, it's, it's been a good run and uh, a, a lot of growth um, and I think really by um, kind of what we offer there there's a lot of rotomolders in North America most of them are really small oh. these little kind of mom-and-pop shops and, yeah. and I think we've always really focused on um, kind of the, the the leading edge of technology looking at new materials looking at um, how to kind of raise the bar do more difficult things sometimes uh, Let's say from the leading edge to the bleeding edge, we've sometimes gone a little bit to the wrong side of sure. trying things that were more difficult than we imagined them to be. Yeah. Um, but really trying to stretch those boundaries, and and I think um, companies like Yeti, companies like some of these large Fortune 100 companies uh, that come to us for fuel tanks and, and diesel tanks, def tanks, things like that, um, value that and know that there are not a lot of of those 425 molders. There's maybe a handful who are even willing to do the type of parts that we do. Mm. Um, and so that's been a really big part of our growth, um, is, is yeah. looking at it that way and, and kind of um, going for that expansion, so. Yeah. yeah. So uh, as you were talking there, you, you, you mentioned you came over to Solar Plastics in the sales position, yeah. right? And now you're the boss. And uh, I know my dad, uh, he worked for the county highway department. So he plowed roads in, sure. in, in the winter and fixed them in the summer, right? And uh, him and his coworkers, let's say there's 20 people doing that, uh, their supervisor retires, my dad gets a promotion. Sure, he's a supervisor of his buddies. Okay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that was a little rough go for yeah, like yeah. the first year, you know? The old friend becomes boss situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you experience any of that in your new role here? That took place a couple of years you ago? Know, not really. It happened after the transition when the company was sold. So we went from family-owned to being acquired by ATEC companies, ATEC. Uh, which is what's celebrating their 75th anniversary is the ATEC Corporation okay. based in Prairie, and they own a number of different uh, manufacturing businesses. Um, so that was kind of when it was from family-run to then being professionally-owned and run, and that's when the opportunity uh, came to be. So there was certainly some turnover at that point. Um, you know, I, I think the... Those I've worked with, you know, whether I supervise them or we're peers, you know, I, I, I think I take a really collaborative approach to solving problems and oh, sure. uh, working on things. So it, it, it I don't know that it really changed things a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you'll have to ask Rick, our VP of engineering, he's, mm -hmm. he, he, he's still with me from pre-transition. Pre uh, a lot of the team has turned over also uh, after, the, after the sale. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it really, it, it was kind of just the next evolution of our growth and kind of um, the investments in professionalizing the business, I would say, from being kind of a small family-owned business, being part of a larger company, um, really putting in systems, making more investments, really raising the bar on our quality, on our safety, 
Um, just on everything we did, it, it all had to come up a notch. Um, and, and so for everybody to kind of rise to those challenges, and we had a lot of people who did and some people who, mm. who chose not to, and, and we had some new people come in. And, yeah. um, but today we have a really great and seasoned leadership team. You know, when you're talking about uh, the way you lead and you're not, the, like I said, the dictator, you're yeah. wanting feedback, you're wanting to collaborate with the, the other pe people and sure. come up with the best way to do things. Yeah. It reminds me of a book, um, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. Have you read that I book? I have not. Okay. He's a ex-Navy SEAL okay. and uh, the book is all about you know, applying military leadership in today's business sure. world. And that's one thing that uh, he really drove home as the sure. fact, man, you don't have all the answers. Yeah. Right? And don't, don't act like you do. Because people will see right through that. Yeah. You know? The story I've told, I probably shouldn't tell on camera because he'll get a big head when he hears this, but my little brother, who's three and a half years younger than me, he's like wicked smart. Like not like normal smart, like <laughs> off the edge of the IQ curve smart. Yeah. And probably when I was, I don't know, eight years old or so, yeah. I had a realization that my little brother was smarter than me. And that's a sobering age. Yeah, he, he already, at a very young age, it was clear he was smarter than I was. And, uh, and that's a sobering idea that your yeah. little brother's a lot smarter than you. And, and I really think it shaped kind of how I've gone through life and, and business in that, you know, my starting position is there are people a lot smarter than me. Yeah. And so I need to find how to, how to get the best of them, how to leverage them, how to look for answers. Yeah. Um, you know, some of people who they think they know the answer, kind of my base paradigm is I probably don't know the answer. Yeah. There's people kind of out there and... Um, yeah, to this yeah. day, he's he's still smarter than me. There's no, I'm bigger than him, but he's smarter oh, okay. than me. So right. It worked out okay. He's probably better looking than me. <laughs> I don't know about that. But, uh, yeah. yeah. What's he doing? Is he like uh, yeah. Elon Musk's right hand man? No, he does uh, huge <laughs> M and A deals for KPMG with large corporations buying and selling and wow. all sorts of things that really smart people do. You know, I just seen a meme on uh, Facebook. It was a picture of Elon Musk yeah. in a set. I didn't go to Harvard, but a lot of the people that work for me did. <laughs> yeah, there's right? some truth to that. Yeah, yeah. You got to know your strengths and weaknesses and hire towards your weakness. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the acquisition took place a couple of years ago, and it yeah. sounds like I don't know. Maybe you're just being nice, and maybe you're on camera. But was it all positive changes? You know, once the acquisition took place, and is that when a lot of the yeah. growth took place? No. So we we've done about half of that growth happened before the acquisition, but we have had significant growth since then as okay. well. Okay. Um, you know, nothing's ever all roses. I mean, <laughs> it, there was a lot of growing pains sure. uh, that I think you know were happening before the acquisition, after the acquisition. Um, I think without the backing of ATEC, I think we wouldn't have had the resources to kind of get over some of those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, any any time there's a, there's a change, there's there's challenges. But you know, I would say having my time at LDI and have acquired companies, I saw some that didn't that went well, some that didn't go well. I was involved yeah. in a number of acquisitions. Yeah. Um, it, it went pretty well. I yeah. mean, all, all things considered, it it uh, I don't have any big scar stories. Uh, no, that's that come to mind. Yeah, it, it, it was pretty good. Um. So let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the things you guys make here. I know there's yeah. a bunch of stuff behind us, and I've seen a, a lot of Yeti coolers yep. being made, right? Uh, so, yeah, can you talk about... So, yes, yeah, so we have the two businesses. So on the solar plastic side, that's our contract manufacturing side. So that's where we actually mold the parts. Okay. And everything we do on that, those are two customers' exact specifications. 
It's like we talk about our quality policy. Our quality policy is whatever the customer's quality expectations are, mm -hmm. right? So we're taking, we're building and designing a tool or a mold to their specification to make a part only for them. Yeah. So whether it be a cooler, whether it be a, a fuel tank, whether it be a roof for an ATV, whatever those parts might be, it is for that specific customer to their exact specifications. Okay. So that's that part of the business. Yeah. Uh, so we make parts here. We have another plant in Iowa. Um, and, and yeah, really it's, it's whatever they need. So demand goes up and down based on what they need. So kind right. of as a, as a sales guy, I can't offer a promotion, you know, to two for one tanks doesn't help sell more combines, right? right? They're only going to make the number of combines they're making, right? So right. we, we can't really control what the demand is. Um, once we win the project, we can try to win more projects. Um, but yeah, so we'll make all sorts of parts. Um, yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll do a lot in the ag construction, uh, off-road vehicles, uh, bulk storage tanks, things of that nature are kind of some of the products we make. Um, things we don't make but are commonly rotomolded, um, like kayaks, oh, yeah. um, that's a big rotomolded part. So some yeah. of our, not really competitors, because that's more where their niche is, but we'll make a lot of kayaks. Um, I think the, the someone JoJo is true up, the, the best-selling car of all time is uh, rotomolded. It's that um, red with the yellow roof kids uh, toy car oh, that the yeah, kids yeah. drive, that's a rotomolded part. Okay. Um, and, and so, yeah, so those are some of the things that would be rotomolded, which yeah. you know, we were talking earlier, but kind of a rotomold is a niche way of making plastic. So, blow molding, mm -hmm. injection molding, much more common, a lot, a lot um, bigger businesses usually. Mm -hmm. um, rotomolding is more of a niche way, usually, you're looking for more of a heavy duty type of a part, may have difficult geometry, generally lower um, volume in terms of parts made, it's a little slower. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's kind of where rotomolding fits in uh, the world of how would you fabricate plastic. Yeah. Um, and then our fluid all side of the business, uh, we're selling bulk uh, solutions for, for uh, fluid and, and handling management. So if you go to your car dealership, if maybe if you're in a, a factory or a large uh, farm, there'll be a big wall of tanks with pumps and reels and all the different fuels, lubricants, oils are going to use for their equipment. Mm -hmm. um, so fluid all sells the systems. So it's what is that system already ready to go, uh, so you can just come in and drop off your, your bulk delivery of fluids and, and keep your operation running. So Solar will make some of the parts for Fluidol, as well as Fluidol designs and sources a lot of other type of parts, and then they create these kind of kits or full solutions um, for those customers. Um, so they, they want to buy, whereas Solar was going to sell in truckload quantity uh, with long lead times of custom parts, uh, Fluidol, someone calls us, hey, I, I'm opening my new um, dealership next week, and I haven't ordered my tanks yet because that's like the last on my list of things when you're building a new car dealership, right. and I need six of them with these pumps and reels and these requirements, and we stock everything, and we'll say, yep, we'll ship that tomorrow. Um, so that, that's more of where that business model yeah. is. Quick turnaround. Yeah, so and a lot of- your same name on it, has Fluid Alls. Yeah, so Fluid Alls, it's its yeah. own uh, proprietary line of products. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, so those are our two halves of our business. Right. Uh, a lot of synergies between the two. And, uh, yeah. You mentioned uh, winning a bid, yeah. right? And uh, I, I anticipate that's a pretty big piece of your business and growth. I mean, I'm picturing myself, you know, giving Yeti a call and uh, say, hey, I want to make your coolers. Let's yeah. talk. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure that's not the way it goes. 
What's this winning bid process like? And did you yeah. did you do some of that when you came in on the sales side of the business? Yeah. So early on, yeah. So what I kid, we were really trying to grow is figuring out, okay, are we winning or losing? So when I first started, we did a lot of analysis. Okay, here's all the stuff we're quoting. We had a very low win rate, um, and then why we're winning? And it turns out, you know, we were probably winning. The stuff we were winning was probably stuff we didn't want because we didn't really know how to price it well or how to some of that sophistication. It's like, oh, we probably underpriced this really yeah. tough thing. And we then, won, and, and like, this one we really should have won. We probably priced that too high. And uh, so yeah. a lot of analysis and of okay, what, how do we, what we're winning and losing, and why, and and, and what does that mean, and yeah. and did a lot of that, um, and Such you know, and, and saw things where you know with with uh, new customers, the reason is usually well, you're just priced too high. With existing customers, often you know they have now already seen our value, yeah. and so they understand maybe we're not the lowest cost, but an overall value, and what we're going to do for them. They've already experienced it. Mm -hmm. They're saying, okay, I could maybe go to this other guy and, and save a couple nickels on this part, but mm -hmm. it's not worth it, right? Right, and so I, I think that those are some of the things we learned and really helped to accelerate our growth. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's. It's complicated, they're engineered parts, but it, it's not the same way, you know, in, in some of my old old roles where we had our own product line, our own catalogs, and, you know, you were really doing a lot of, of bidding on some of these big projects. It, it's, they need this part, here's the volume, you know, how do we make it? Um, it's really leveraging a lot of our engineers, because as you saw on the machines, there's you could mount the part different ways, uh, you, you know, making sure you're using the right materials, and may, not everyone may spec things the same way. Yeah. Um, so again, that really gets to the technical aspect of, can we think of the best way to make this part to get the level of quality at the best overall cost uh, for our customer? Um, yeah. So that's where we rely. We, 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 I believe, have more engineers relative to our size than a lot of our competitors. Mm. I think that's, those are some of the investments we make that set us apart uh, from some of the other players in the market. Cool. And uh, I think, did you call it rotary molding? Roto, as in rotational molding. So roto. the parts rotate. Yeah. But roto molding for sure. Roto molding. Okay. And uh, I'm going to put this in simple English for the listeners and uh, let me know if, it, if I okay. do it any disjustice. So imagine a miniature carnival ride that, you know, turns you this way and spins you another way on the x-axis and y-axis or whatever, right? Um, not kind of you know not kind of like the zipper but also going in the other direction too right and uh but rather than people in cages that are getting spun upside down and, and, and left to right you have molds that you also call tools Tool, yeah right you do those terms are yeah molds on there and the mold uh you'll pour say I don't know, plastic pellets in it, or I don't know what you call it. We use that. a resin. A resin. And, and depending what the part is, may depend on the type of resin. So there's different materials. Is it liquid form or is it? No, so we use a powder. powder. There are there are other processes that use liquid. We use a powder. Okay, so you plastic powder. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> Inside the mold, and then the, the whole carnival ride with a bunch of molds on it goes into a heater, right? Yep. And it starts rotating and heating up, and it gets in all the corners and crevices. It, yeah. It's kind of a slow-moving process. And then it goes to a cooler, and it goes to another cooler, yeah. and then it comes out a couple hours later or so, depending on the yeah. product, right? Yeah. And then it gets the the cooler or whatever, take it out of the mold, send it down the line, and then there's some assembly and trimming and yeah. polishing and making it look yeah. right and then putting pieces together. Sound about right? 
you're hired. <laughs> we have openings on all shifts. <laughs> That's right. Right. Let's mention that. All right. So yeah, what are? It's a common theme, man. It, yeah. It's it's really hard to find workers right now. Yeah. Right. And uh, what are you looking to hire? How many are you looking to hire? Yeah. Can you give us so, an idea. Well, yeah, the battle for talent has always been there. I think yeah. we're. It, it feels like we're moving into an era where it's really. It, it, it's even getting tougher, right? Yeah. I, I think more people are retiring that are starting working, and yeah. I think after the pandemic, maybe people are just rethinking what do they want to do with their lives, and sure. what does that mean? And I, so I, I don't know. I don't know what it means yet, but I feel like there's some seismic shift in kind yeah. of work in general that we're yeah. about to experience. Yeah. Uh, I don't know yet, but we, we talk about that a lot uh, internally. What, what do we think that's going to mean? So I think people want to work from home. So well, you can that, try to figure that out. Yeah, that, and which I, I, yeah, I understand. Uh, I, I don't know how uh, how that plays out on the assembly line, right. but if we can figure that out, that'll yeah. be that'll be a big that'll be a game chaser. Change yeah, it. yeah, no, but I mean, we're, we're we. I just had a meeting uh, with our HR group this morning. Um, yeah, I mean, we were hiring both plants on all shifts and operational roles. Yeah. Um, you know, we have roles open in maintenance, in shipping, and engineering. I mean, we we've got openings, and we're but, but we're being uh, really aggressive in terms of uh, upping our compensation and trying to make sure the best overall benefit package. Um, and you know what? What else can we do to, to become an employer of choice? Because you saw this is hard work. Yeah, this man. Is not, there there are easier ways. There are physically easier ways to do things. Yeah. Um, and, and so you know, I, I think uh, that's important. But I think there's also the right kind of person, right? Because yeah. there's there's also the 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 employee who will be bored sitting at the machine just pushing the button. Yeah. You know, once every X number of minutes, and try not to fall asleep. So I think there, there's there there absolutely is a, we we try to recruit people who who like that more active way of working. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we use a company called Worksite Right uh, for both internal to help people make sure injury reduction, or if you get hurt, to help you. Yeah. Um, but they also do some pre-screening to make sure are, are you the type of person who's going to be successful in a more physical environment? Right. Because um, some of the jobs are are more physical. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. Absolutely. It just came to me, man. I, I got the I got the answer. Okay, I'm your your employment problems are going to be solved from this point forward. Okay, it's going to require a slight name change. We're going to change it from solar plastics to solar plastics and CrossFit. Okay, okay. all right. We're going to take some before and after pictures yeah. of the fat employee coming through the door, and then six months later they're going to be ripped and jacked, right? So it's like you're going to get paid yeah. to work out and get ripped. Yeah? I thought you were going to say you're going to charge a membership fee. <laughs> but we can do that too. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. maybe. yeah, they'll pay you to work out. Yeah. We, we have a lot of creative <laughs> ideas of recruiting employees, so we, I'll add it to the list. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let me know how it goes. <laughs> What's the future look like? Have you got any big plans on yeah, the Yeah, so we, we have uh, a lot of uh, a growth teed up. Um, a few things actually, unfortunately, not at Liberty Share yet. Yeah, um, But right. we'll be uh, announcing later this year all right. um, as we continue to expand and grow. Uh, cool. But yeah, we're, we're definitely, our, our growth trajectory has been significant and um, we don't see any reason that it's stopping anytime soon. Yeah, uh, there's, there's grown a, a lot. Yeah. The last seven yeah. years since you've been here. Yeah, and there's, there's, there's a, a lucky charm of, maybe. I don't know about that. But we, <laughs> we, we, uh, we, we have some really great opportunities. We have some great, you know, large customers that we work with that they've also grown, right? Okay. And because we've served them well, we've continued to have more and more opportunities. Okay. Um, and, and so that's been great. But uh, yeah, there, there's, there's, um, I don't know. I just, maybe my, my sales better. There's always growth opportunities yeah. out there. And, yeah. And just, how do you find them? How do you, 
How do you, you have, have to an cultivate them? Abundance mindset, not yes. a scarcity mindset. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's how, how do we do more? I, I think yeah. that's sort of what I like. How do we do more? How do we sell more? How do we grow? How do we expand? That's yeah. that's what I like to do. That's what gets me excited to, to come to work in the morning. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, well, if somebody wants to have any questions for you, or sure. if they want to come work at uh, Solar Plastics and CrossFit, yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, what's the best way to get uh, get a hold of you guys? Yeah, I, I'm sure on both our websites, uh, SolarPlastics.com and FluidAll.com, there's probably contact information. If somebody yeah. saw this and wanted to reach out to me directly, you'd find me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect with people uh, there and. Yeah, whether it be to, if you need us to make some parts or you need a system or looking for a great place to work, we love to connect. Yeah, great. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your time, Sam. Thank you. Um, and uh, I, I wish you all the best. I see Thank big you. things in your future. Thank you. All right, thanks, Sam. Appreciate it.